I don't even know what episode. Wow. I guess this is episode two. Jesus, there's been so much delay with Oklahoma with the weather and everything. Hell, half the fucking country got shut down. We lost power. What'd you guys deal with? You had fucking water issues, man. Water issues and, like, mostly parking issues. Just being in the city, uh, a lot of people don't exactly know how to drive in this weather <laughs> or park in it. Um, a couple of people had a couple of car accidents, that kind of thing. Uh, the biggest issue was like essentially just losing water at my place and then staying over at my sister's only to find out that she lost her water too. Oh, like, Jesus. Nobody in Oklahoma is prepared for below zero weather. Well, that's the biggest problem I saw, or at least the most lingering problem I saw is like even with the power going out, people had power back. But if they busted pipes or the city, the city over here in Norman busted a pipe, I have a buddy that's two miles from here and he was out of water for three days. It's just like. That's 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 worse than losing electricity to me. Yeah, I can imagine. What about you, John? You deal with anything in particular? I say I drove all the way. All right, I actually went out like the whole time in my Honda because I lived in Colorado for so long that I didn't even care. So <laughs> I'm just like driving around in it and like fishtailing my car. Um, You're and, that guy. Yeah. You're that guy. Yeah, because I can drive a Honda in, in snow because people. I literally read a post online that somebody said, like, if you own a Civic, you shouldn't go out in the snow because, it, you know, you'll ruin your car. You don't know how to drive in snow. I'm like, people in Colorado, a lot of people own Subarus and Hondas, and they do just fine. And it's because they know how to drive in snow. Go slow. You know, but, but, then, but then, you know, my cockiness got in because I, I was, like, pulling into my apartment complex and I got stuck right at the beginning entry of the complex and it was like because target was clearing their parking lots they put all their fucking snow right in front of our building like on our entrance to our apartment complex so it, it just stuck us so i got hit right here on my, my driveway at the bottom it's got a little dip and my we've had all-wheel drive or four-wheel drive vehicles ever since the 09 storm that was the first year my son was born so i remember it very clearly and We've never had a problem in ice and snow since we started buying cars that are four-wheel drive or all-wheel drive. And then I high-centered my fucking car out here. <laughs> so I'm, I, I was, it was very frustrating and I was angry and I was late for work, but I gotta admit, I was having kind of a lot of fun out there too, just slipping and sliding the fuck around. <laughs> now that we don't get too many, we don't get too many weather days like this, you know? Yeah, neighbors were like, you need a shovel? I'm like, I got a shovel. He's looking at me like, well, what are you, what are you just doing that for? <laughs> it's fucking fun, all right? Leave me alone. <laughs> Let me wallow in my own pain and suffering here. So, other than the catastrophic storm, anything new on the front? It's been two weeks since we talked, fellas. No shows? <laughs> no shows. No shows. Big surprise. Yeah, man, from what I can tell, Nashville is about the only place that's giving bands that we're looking at, at that kind of mid-rung level, any chance to play a show. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, there's nothing going on in Oklahoma right now. That's why I was, when I was, when I was sitting down writing this stuff up for plot points, I'm like, I don't really know what to talk about. No, it's, it's hard, man. Well, the storm, it's not like it just shut down Oklahoma. It shut shut down half the country, you know? I mean, right. So it's not only are 
show's not happening here, but even where they're playing them, they're shut down. So it's like there's really nothing to report on there. I got a couple of things. Uh, there's a band in Tulsa I've been talking to. I've actually known them for a while. Um, I auditioned for them at some point. We've jammed a, a couple of times. And uh, good dudes. Um, name of the band is Gypsy Store Troubadours. They're out of Tulsa. And uh, last year they actually won a Best Video of the Award out of the Tulsa Music Awards. So, I mean, they're they're steady moving up, but they haven't really had an opportunity to play shows because it's like they put this album out and they were kind of getting some online steam behind them, you know, and, and by the time they were geared up ready to, you know, take on some of these offers, everything deflated. So, um, sucks to see that because knowing how much it costs to produce an album and distribution chains and then how much debt a lot of these bands have to take on just to get that out there is it's frustrating to hear for them no man it is for sure like i can't tell you how many people that i met uh just like artists in general um who said oh 2020 is going to be my year <laughs> and surprise surprise that's what i said that's why i started this whole company i was like this would be a great idea <laughs> man. right you need you need live music happening to have a need for amplifiers that produce live music i mean it's it's frustrating all the same but i think it's coming around man uh, me and tracy saw a stand-up comic here a couple weeks ago and um so the looney bin starting to play gigs that was really good to see um i mean they basically just want you to wear because i went over there they wanted you to wear a mask like at the beginning yeah. and once you got yeah. set down they didn't they didn't give a shit yeah and then like everybody in the room didn't have masks on so yeah they but it was a lower capacity when i was there though it wasn't very many people in there oh really 35 yeah it was maybe. a pack room whenever i was there oh wow yeah wow no, table. it was it was super fun though man i was it's like it's been so long since we've had these and it's like me and my wife are so ingrained to live entertainments like what we do for entertainment that man a year and a half without it is it's affecting my mood <laughs> no man i know <laughs> i think it's important to take this time though that we have uh while we're not having to deal with any kind of like live setups because i have thought about like how cool it would be to just you know show up at some event kind of like how we are right now and do like kind of like how the cat does it you know yep. record just a little bit of the live shows that are going on and stuff like that but it all takes time and it all takes preparation uh i know plenty of people who are just sticking to practicing right now like back when 2020 first opened i can't tell you how many pawn shops i went by and everybody bought up like every kind of guitar and camera and anything that you could do to like occupy your time at home so that way you're not actually going out and socializing and stuff like that that's what i've seen i i i, I pay attention to like the quarterly sales results and stuff from fender and gibson all these places when they report it and it's like they're showing record sales and i'm like man i wish a lot of these people they're selling this shit to would be more uh, aggressive with their gear so I could have some of this work because <laughs> the only gear I'm repairing is stuff that I see in pawn shops that I can turn around and make a profit or sh stuff on like Facebook marketplace that guys are just oh it's old junker they don't need it repaired they just need to get rid of it so um, I don't know it, it's weird I, a lot of it is my fault too my LLC is still in still in process but i got the name locked down that's the first step they finally sent me the paperwork on that that got processed <clears throat> so that's awesome now i just got to find a find a lawyer and move forward 
or a registered agent, whatever. But uh, I think once I get that, I'll be able to advertise and, and get some, however you contact Google to get mm -hmm. them to, you know, hit your search or whatever. But you don't even have to contact Google. Like uh, when you go through like certain settings uh, through certain pages, I think that you can just like sign up as your own. Oh. Uh, I do think like having the LLC and everything uh, first is important, but it doesn't really cost too much to set up ads with Google or Facebook from what I understand. I know you can do it through Facebook for free essentially, uh, but I know that the traffic's also down a lot more on Facebook because people are more like on Instagram and uh, what is it, Reddit? Uh -huh. Yeah, Reddit these days. Yeah. And most of it's, uh, most of it's like robots, so like uh, inside the algorithms of Google, it, uh, it scans pages. And so if you have good um, SEO, then it's actually going to read your stuff. And then they automatically will uh, send people to your page whenever people go to Google and they type in a word. It will actually pick up those words and then it will actually send them to your page. Oh, cool. So, no, I thought you had to contact them directly for that stuff. Yeah, no, you can't. Like, I've tried to get Google on the phone before. <laughs> you, you can't call Google. Like, you can go through email to them. You can, you can contact them through like customer support on chat, but you're not gonna be able to call Google because they don't want you to call Google. It's because they're and scared of your conspiracies, they to, John. No, they want you to figure your shit out yourself. They don't want you to be bothering them with what they're doing because they got too many things going on. So It's like the mom, I mean, but don't call us, we'll call you. But yeah, I mean, with the business <laughs> stuff though, like, I mean, a lot of that is pretty simplistic. Like an LLC, I mean, it's, it's just a, uh, a document that, all it states is is that this is I'm I'm registering a business in Oklahoma, right. and then it's like it's like these are the members. This is this, and then you're just like cool, hundred bucks through LegalZoom. They'll do it all. But like I have all those documents from LegalZoom, so I mean you just pass them on to someone else, and then you can just fill them out. Yeah, it does the same thing. Well, you don't from, need a register from, agent. From yeah, that's my next step is that, and I think it's I only have two more steps until it's completed, but it's like this cavalcade of bullshit that is delay 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 and it's that's the most frustrating part is it's like you know i try to keep my world pretty small like things that are out of my control i tend to not really get bothered by but this last year has been a motherfucker it's like gravity and fair play it's three-fifths of the game and there ain't shit you can do about it it's like what i was telling you before i got on the air like um, my, uh, my friend, uh, she had pointed out that like, uh, she added me on Instagram and, uh, and I don't, I don't have a personal Instagram. I only have one for my business. And so whenever she brought it up, she was like, well, um, she goes, you know, your last post is December of 2019. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I just got done with therapy. I was like in the VA for months and stuff like that, doing through therapy and shit, through PTSD stuff. And then I was like, oh, I'm finally back to my confidence level. I can actually live again. And then I'm like, I'm going to start my business. I'm going to fucking do this. And then what happened? COVID. Right down, the, right down the tube, 2020, lost a year. I'm like, I haven't had a single post on any of my social medias for my business in a year. And, and all my friends were like, yeah, you know, I don't understand why you haven't done it. I'm like. It's the best time to do it. You know, 2020, I'm like... It's a band promotion media company when there's no, no bands to promote. <laughs> like, because they don't want to. That's the, that's the thing, you know. You can't promote bands if they're not there. Yeah. Well, and, and that's what I was telling these guys uh, earlier. It's like, 
it's one thing to buy a record or an album and have it in the background at a party or whatever. That's fun. But to go to the gig where you get to see the band and that is the party, I don't know. I, there's just no replacing it, in my opinion. And the fact that we got to see the handful of shows we did, I mean, I'm, I'm really grateful for because me, me and my wife go to so many concerts that sometimes it gets to be like, you remember going to the gig where someone asked you like, yeah, did you see so? Yeah, I've seen them. And it was like, it gets hazy because you see so many. So this last year it's been without any. So it's like you go to a show and it's, you, you know, you're plugged in and wired for sound. You know, it's very, very clear everything that happened. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it's, it's frustrating, but again, there ain't nothing we can do about it except wait it out. You know, vaccines out, it's going around. Well, I guess that uh, Riot Fest decided that they're going to do their their show in September. So, and it's outdoors, Chicago. I'll see, um, and I was hoping and a bunch of people were like, shows, yeah, yeah, a bunch of my friends were like, let's all get tickets and just get out of Oklahoma and go to a show because it's worth the travel. Was I mean, it like a three day gig? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a lot of bands. Like, there's there's a lot of big names on that event every year or every time that they do it. So. I saw that Rocklahoma, that whole tour, whatever it is, I think it's, uh, what is the actual tour? I can't remember. It's not Mayhem. Oh, yeah, Rockstar Energy Fest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, they canceled that, and then uh, Vakken, I think, is canceled too. And that's the big one in Europe with the metal, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, I mean, to me, I would think outdoor venues would be open for the summer before indoor venues ever were. And I mean, you would think. When you could probably judge it based on uh, EDM shows. Because, like, um, Decadence, a lot of those, like, got canceled. Um, a lot of the DJs are still doing Twitch. Like, they're they're, they're all working on Twitch. Um, and so they're, like, 500 strong right now. All female DJs on, like, my friend's little group that all do DJ shows like lineups and stuff like that and so they're they're 500 strong on that and uh and so and and before before like a couple months ago or when they first started doing it they only had like 10 people and they're like the main people that are managing it and then they just grew because all these djs are like dude i i, I want to do a show and i want to play and so they're playing from their homes they have like they have screens behind them like green screens and they're just doing all these little cool tricks to to get listeners and stuff and then they promote like clothing through Teespring and just marketing and uh, and so they're they're doing a lot of that and and then like whenever you look at the shows like uh, in Colorado a lot of the big shows that I used to go to there they're they're all canceled the venues are are locked down right now so Live Nations on the Fillmore Auditorium is locked down um, and they own almost all the venues in in Denver so if they're not doing shows at the Pepsi Center or any of those places then they're not working, yeah. you know? And so all these workers, they, I mean, they, you know, barely even make any money to even survive there. They do it for fun. You know, they, they do it for the love of the music. And so you can make a living working at venues, but you have to, like, work at several venues. And the problem is in, in like, places like Denver, you have to have a license, and you can only have three venues on a license. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't have those three venues, you can't be... You can't be a, a worker in those places, and That's then you have to like the liquor, like all the licensing, like anything. liquor. Yeah, I mean, like your your stagehands, they can work anywhere they want. They're a part. They're part of a union, so uh, they they just unionize, and then they just go on all the things. But if you're like security, if you're event staff, 
Um, a lot of the bartenders have to have liquor licenses for each place they work. So it, it, it just turns into this thing where you have to have um, only a certain amount of places you work. And because of the cost of living is triple what it is, you know, somewhere like Oklahoma, it, it ends up turning into the situation where you can't afford to live and go work at venues. So yeah. what they do is they pick one set of venues that they like to work and then they just do their, their day job and then they'll come in at the shows at night. Um, but yeah, I mean, like Red Rocks, a lot of their shows I are, love Red Rocks, man. are uh, starting to, like, I mean, they're, they're hopefully going to be opening up pretty soon, like, but um, but a lot of people still go out there to do fitness, you know, so I don't see the difference. And they're just still doing yoga out there, you know, so. <laughs> the level of insanity with some of these things you see with COVID is, it's like, is this, it can't, this has to be a joke, you know, like the face mask of those band students that have the big hole cut in the front so they can get their saxophone or whatever mm -hmm. in their mouth, that can't be real. But I've seen more than one picture where that is the thing, and I'm like, shit, maybe that's real. No, it's it's pretty real. I mean, it's not logical, but it it's pretty real. Logic. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? <laughs> well, I think, like, I don't know. When do you think we're going to, like, not have to wear masks anymore? Like, realistically speaking, have any of y'all thought about this? Like, at the rate that it's going right now, like, I just looked it up day before yesterday. There have been over 420,000 COVID cases in Oklahoma, and 4,363 of them were deaths. Well, the numbers line right up with the, what they thought. I mean, they said it would be about a, a what, like a 0.1% death rate and then you figure there's about three million Oklahomans and three thousand have died just over it's kind of in that ballpark i mean the thing is, is what i've heard is is these most pandemics run through a population in the span of 18 to 24 months and we're kind of coming up on that 18 month mark so i know it's not an exact science you know it's just statistics and whatnot but I no, would hope. Sense. I would hope by, if not the summer concert series where you can be outside and there's space, you know, you're not packed in, and I would hope it would go away for outdoor shows, and then like maybe in the fall when flu and everything kicks back up, people would. It's not that it would be required, but I think this whole thing might have shook people to where they would probably wear one just out of an abundance of caution. The problem I would see with something like that now moving forward is what if you got someone with bad intentions, now they have a reason to cover their face. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you can just as easily get away with it, the whole surgical mask and sunglasses. Yeah. Oh, I I, I recently like started thinking about that. I'm like, you know, whenever it's like really cold outside, I just wear a mask just because it's cold. It does feel better. You know, it like it's a lot good. easier to just put that on your face <laughs> than it is to like wrap a scarf or like, you know, carry other stuff on your face. So... I mean, it's it's warm enough, so. Well, I don't have anything against it. I mean, I always figured that something like this would happen, uh, maybe not even necessarily in, like, my lifetime, maybe, like, my children's lifetime or something like that. But, you know, I was expecting to see, like, World War Three before I was going to see, like, pandemic, you know? Still time. D don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't give them hope. Don't give them hope. <laughs> Well, it's just like, I find it, 
interesting because like you're right there are some people who will like be able to just like wear a mask with ill intentions if they want to but also like um i mean i don't know like hmm. how long this is supposed to last i mean they say that the uh that the black plague only lasted like realistically speaking over a span of three years but it was the repercussions of that and like how it affected the rest of the world afterwards that still just kind of carried on. I mean, we have like, well, it's like better. Nine Eleven did that too. Yeah. I mean, it's well, it's... whatever happens next. And and right. it's like, what's going to shake people up? You know, I mean, okay, the the Black Plague, we learned to wash our hands basically, and you know, basically that was caused from fleas and and no bathing habits. You know, when people start to learn. And that's that's the same thing with the green energy thing. You can't mm -hmm. legislate innovation. Like this stuff has to, unfortunately, it it has to come about the natural way. I mean, it has to be out of necessity. Yeah, you can pump money into anything. It's not necessarily gonna drive it. You know, like we went to the moon in 1969. There's no fucking reason to go see that piece of gravel today. Why did we do it then? Because we were at war with the Russians. You know, higher ground. Don't get much higher than that. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, no, this, this article right here says, um, between these two and the SARS virus, that was, um, gosh, that was back during W, wasn't it? The SARS? No, it was uh, Obama. Obama? Yeah, it almost killed me. Mm. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> so, really? Yeah, I, got, I, was out of, I was out of work for about two and a half weeks. Jesus. So. It says, the shock of the SARS outbreaks and a cultural memory of what happened. Uh, could, could partially explain why the transition to consistent mask use in some of these nations during the COVID-19 wasn't seamless and or was seamless compared to the U.S. They both have the fortune and misfortune of the impact of SARS in 2003. So, I mean, then there's studies that say here, it says in between the pandemic's consistent mask wearing parts of Asia involved into an occasional polite choice someone could make. And, I, you know, I think that's probably what it's what it will evolve to honestly i think it's what it's kind of evolving to now i think more if there's been so much headbutting over this issue that people now are either like i don't give a shit i'm just gonna not wear it or i don't give a shit i'm gonna wear it because that's what i'm gonna do and honestly that's kind of how it should have been the whole time you do you my my opinion on it is when i step out of my house and i'm in the public my safety is my responsibility i take me into my own hands. I don't rely on anybody or government or police. They just take a report. If you're going to be victimized, you're going to be victimized. And so that's how I approach it. But that's me, you know. There's there's people that look at the world differently. And I was uh I was listening to No Agenda this morning, like uh, the episode that happened yesterday, and uh, and Adam Curry was saying that the uh, that in Houston where he lives, that whenever the storm happened. Uh, all the COVID stuff went out the door. Like, everybody was, the social distancing stuff, everything. The only thing that stayed was the mask. And it was like, but but everybody was like, well, you know, it, they're going to willing to take the risk because they have to. Yeah, you have they, to stay They away. have to. And so, and, uh, ironically, they're not going back. So, after they experienced a major event, like, you know, like if you were to have a flood in, in a, in you know, Louisiana or any of those places, like when they have hurricanes and stuff, when you have when you have a, a major event that threatens your life in, in like, full reality, 
it it really just puts back in perspective where you're not afraid no more. Yeah. And so they're all just out doing their thing now. And they all have just masks and they, they put up um, uh, like uh, these dividers and stuff. And they did, they did, they've been doing it in Norman because I've been doing a few restaurants here. They have these dividers and they're glass and they just like go around the little like setting areas. But they went from, oh, well, we just put up a divider and now we can set people on every single table. Versus before, it was like, oh, you had to be every other table. You had to do this. You had to do that. Like, I don't see where a glass divider is doing anything because air travels up. So it travels it, everywhere. It, that means it travels yeah, up. Man. It lingers. If you have a good ventilation system, it leaves. Problem is, not every place has ventilation systems. Yeah. And in Oklahoma, we have ventilation laws. So, like, if if a bar has like, um, you know, it was built in the 1950s, they're not held to the same requirements as a new building. And so that they, they allow them to not have ventilation all the time. And so what, what does that do? It just lingers, right? Yeah. And, the, and the places I go to, ain't nobody wearing masks. They, they, they go in there. They walk through the door. They add that on. They go into the bar. And then once they're in the bar, they take that off. And they pretty much walk around the bartenders. And the bartenders all have masks on. But, like, everybody else is, is there. And the only people that have been really reporting getting sick are the bartenders. It makes no sense. It's like if they're doing all the precautions, then why are they the ones getting sick? You know, and it's because they're the most exposed yeah, over the day. Viral, viral but load, yeah. yeah, and so I mean, like that's part of it. But like, I don't understand how that whole situation in there. You know, like everybody's just hanging out, and you meet random strangers. You know, and so like they could be carrying the virus. You don't even know. So uh, I mean, it's kind of like you're saying with it's like uh, like that uh, acuity of risk and. It's like it's easy to get stuck in a, in the house and hear all these terror messages on the TV and oh it's scary outside danger danger danger. But then you get outside and you're like, well, actually there's things that are a lot more in my immediate danger than this COVID-19. You know, like you still have to live your life and that that's just one thing that I'm not willing to accept is a full-on lockdown can't do anything can't go anywhere I, I i i can't accept that but you know it, it it's just such a fucking hard case man no i know and like because realistically you're right like you you are more likely to die in a car accident than you are to die from the coronavirus i mean it could still happen to you either way but uh realistically speaking like statistically speaking that that's that's usually how it goes. And you actually got it. I did. <laughs> I had it, and I had the flu at the same time. And, uh, and you got it at a concert. So There you go. Yeah. Seven, All seven yeah. of you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wait. What, was it 11? Plus the band or whatever? <laughs> Everybody but that was got like, sick. That was like early on, though, right? Like you, yeah. you know, went to a show and then you just kind of got it. <laughs> so no, like I just went down to uh, it was the deli here in Norman, and like there were seven whole people at the bar, everybody shaking hands and still wearing masks, but not really giving a shit. And uh, didn't look like anybody was sick at all. Then to find out later that everybody, everybody got it. God, <laughs> yeah, so, so it's bad. so stupid. Well, and, and also the threat is, is the more we're learning about it and, and its lethality and what, you know, pre-existing conditions are super dangerous and which ones maybe aren't so and you can survive this thing and 
you know, w with all that data coming in, we're, we're learning more and more every day, and it's, it kind of goes back to the whole, you can't legislate this shit. You know, you can bitch about it all day long on Facebook and who your guy or my guy or their guy is saying this or that. At the end of the day, you can't force anything. Like, it's, it's there's people working to, to solve this problem, and on top of that, the thing's eventually gonna run its course anyways. That's how viruses do. It's not sustainable. No, I'm just glad that we got a vaccine out of this whole deal. I mean, I know that it took them a minute, considering that it's been a while since something like this happened. But they were projecting that if we didn't come up with the vaccine, it'd take out like a third of the world population. Which, that's a lot of people. Out of like 7 billion, that's... that's yeah, that seems a little fear tactic-ish sounding to me. I mean, yeah. I don't even think the Black Plague took out a third of the population. That's a massive amount well the way that it travels faster now because of all of our modes of transportation and that kind true, of thing true like uh there like there weren't that many people alive around the time that the black plague happened but like i said it lasted about three years and the repercussions of it lasted way long after that so like um it wasn't until after we realized that maybe like cuddling with dirty animals and <laughs> tossing out chamber pots into the street wasn't a good idea yeah that it actually changed a lot of things in the way that we handle them today. I mean, uh, just like what what your lady is having to deal with in the medical field, like having to take all these precautions, I'm sure it's insane. Yeah. But it's all pretty necessary, and like, at the end of the day, we're all just trying to do the best that we can. That's it. And ain't no sense in getting mad at it dude you just gotta protect yourself at all times it's like the refs tell you yeah <laughs> protect well, yourself the, at all times at the same time like not to be the kind of dude that's trying to look at the bright side of all this but um you know realistically speaking when we do get to go back to socializing and go back to bigger concerts because so many i'm sure there are a lot of bands who are going to announce oh this is going to be our first official big tour and however long because of the whole COVID situation. I mean, like the Smashing Pumpkins were going to go on tour again uh, in 2020. That didn't work out. Um, several other bands I know, like uh, Incubus was talking about doing another they, tour. They have an album, a new album out actually. They yeah. do? Okay. Yeah, so they're probably looking at touring either late this year or next year. See, I kind of figured. Like I heard something was in the works with them. But like... Um, you know, that's just what it's going to be. Uh, people are going to, like, come back swinging when it comes to doing their shows and stuff like that. And it's going to be cool because that's what we're all looking forward to is going out uh, and just socializing and having a beer on a hot day and yeah, that kind of thing. Well, and it's it's just like, uh, one thing, too, is there's going to be so many bands announcing tours. You're like, shit, who do I go see, you know, because there's, right? there's going to be so many Five options shows out a day. there. <laughs> Every venue full. <laughs> That's why we need to get those media passes, you know? You know what I'm right? saying? Yeah. <laughs> journalism get some passes. media passes. <laughs> get some journalism passes. Well, like, uh, I don't know, maybe they'd consider doing a Groupon thing. <laughs> <laughs> get multiple tickets in one go. Festivals, no, really. yeah. Hell yeah, we just need a massive week-long festival so we can have all these bands on one stage. <laughs> Man, like, I've wanted to go to Rocklahoma because that's essentially what it is. It lasts like the whole, almost the whole week, I guess. But, you know, there's not a hotel for like miles. And the only way to do it comfortably is to like bring your own camper with you or something. And just, I mean, it's all also way out of the way. Yeah. Uh, so you really have to plan to party that whole week. 
The last time I went to a music festival was in Arkansas, I think. I was not sober for the entire experience, so you can't quote me on any of this. <laughs> but like, we were gone for three days, which felt like three months. And then we finally got back home. And like, but we had to plan for that particular weekend. Like, we thought about this for months in advance about going out and doing this particular thing. This was like back in like 2015 or 2016. But um, yeah, I know that people are going to be looking forward to making these kinds of plans and going out. And it's not even just concerts. Like, there have been several like um, several different things canceled, like vacations and like uh, family reunions, that kind of thing. It, all for the sake of their own safety. Sure, but, I mean, people are really going to be looking forward to just getting back and going out. Yeah, just living a regular life. I mean, yeah. Hopefully by summer. I'm shooting for summer, man. I, I, I was hoping Memorial Day until the cancellation for Rocklahoma came out, and then I was like, well, shit, maybe it is going to be a little longer. Maybe I, figured, so. I thought Memorial Day was going to be the opening weekend, man, for everything. I mean, I feel like I doubt that they're even going to open the pools back up. They shut down the pool at my place just because um, somebody kept breaking glass in the pool. But also because of the whole COVID situation, it's, there's no way to regulate that because it's just a, literally a pool of Oh, germs. pools are disgusting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But it's also 100 fucking degrees outside, so like acuity of risk, I'll, right? <laughs> I'll jump in that pool. <laughs> well, I mean, at this point, like, uh, have any of y'all been vaccinated yet? My wife has. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, you told me about that. Healthcare worker. But you haven't yourself. I fall in the bottom of the rung for necessity of vaccinations. I mean, they're going to get the healthcare workers and frontline workers first, and the elderly and people at most risk, and then the young, and then healthy adults like me. And by yeah. then, I might not even fucking go get it because it'll be next year. <laughs> well, at least it's a start. Like, having a vaccine for something like this is definitely going to help put things at ease yeah uh, i don't know about the uh percentage numbers but like uh the um what is it johnson and johnson on there like they were announcing that they that they have a hundred percent non-hospital like you won't go to the hospital you won't this you won't need to do that if you take their vaccine and that to me that that's not like those numbers are not that doesn't sound right. That sounds like a sales pitch. That sounds like a sales pitch. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is that like because because the other companies are saying one thing, and then somebody else comes out on the network and they say like, oh well, yeah, you know, like ours can do 100 percent. Theirs only does 85, and you got to get two shots, so we can do more than them. And so they're estimating that they'll have like uh, more over like four million or something like that people by June. And so and and they're they're talking like. What is it estimated by July that they have to have like 400 million people across the whole U.S. vaccinated? Uh, 400 million so should be most most population. population. And and then and by then you might be able to achieve herd immunity maybe, and that depends on how good the the vaccines are. But um, it's interesting because like these virologists were talking about that the um, that actually it's helping the virus go away, and it's like well that's the point. Like that's what you're trying to do, but then but then that's how vaccines are supposed to work. You know, but then, but then you you look at that and you're just like, okay, well, that's cool, but uh, but then why do you guys keep on pushing this that everybody has to get vaccinated if you know that you know if most people are going to recover anyway and we're going to get herd immunity? Like, why are they pushing it? Never let a good crisis so, go to waste, John. Yeah. 
I'm a conspiracy theorist, so like I don't, you know, I'm crazy. I'll but. I'll dive deep with you. I might not believe them, but I'll 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 go down the rabbit hole. Hell yeah, I like that. Well, I, I I think that um that Trader Joe's parking lots, you know, um, like a lot smaller, so it looks like they're more busier than they are. See, that's it, man. Is that a conspiracy? The that's a conspiracy theory. It's collapsing, right? <laughs> that's a conspiracy theory. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is an article from a doctor. It says, early vaccines will, not prevent, will prevent symptoms, not the virus. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, Which is not what... Have you ever looked at uh, monks or any other types of vaccines? Mm -hmm. It's what they do. They prevent viruses. So... Why is it that this one doesn't? But yet it's still called a vaccine. It's because they changed the definition. I'm about to say, because that kind of against what we you know you want. virology. I mean, that's like what my wife was saying when they said that you could be reinfected. She said that, if that's true, that is a groundbreaking scientific episode because that goes against the grain of everything we know about virology. Unless you change the definitions. True, true. But Which is what they did. Yeah, I mean, that's... It's a mess. But we probably we probably can't even put this episode on the air because <laughs> they'll get banned. Uh, I was actually going to bring it up with everything that's, that's been going on. The FBI wants to know our location. We're fucking behind two weeks, and we still got to get the first episode up. I mean, I was just kind of getting back in, just getting the blood flowing and the groove of this thing again, just because it seems like no matter what we do, there's forces at work to <laughs> keep it's, this thing from moving forward, man. It's always that way, man. Like, anytime that I do anything related to, like, video or music work, it seems like God is trying to punish you <laughs> for trying to do anything. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Because, like, uh, you could even go into it with the most innocent of intentions, like recording your niece's, like, first Easter and the phone falls in the bucket yeah. or some Something. stupid shit. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know. I. It's actually kept me from doing more projects simply because, like, the moment you hit record, everything's falling apart. So, I don't know, but I know that I've gotten enough practice from it. Like like I said, this is, like, the fourth show, I believe, that uh, I've tried to start with another group of friends. And so, it's cool to see that we've made it this far. And especially, like, since we've got the setup about halfway done and everything, too. Uh, especially with uh, John's help here basically producing this entire show what do you think about uh is more bands uh, active website or is it still being built i've had some people ask me so uh currently i'm building account types um and so that's kind of where i'm at where i i, I have to have like understanding of what each account type would actually need and want because the thing is is that if you if you want to raise money at all then you have to actually give them something because i mean if, if i was just going to make a site like reverb or Pure Volume or these other companies, which Pure Volume's out of business. They they had a great website and they promoted a lot of local music. And then they, they ended up like falling apart and now all they do is just like articles uh, on on uh, artists. And uh, but the um basically the account types uh, I, I wanna have accounts for DJs uh and for bands artists the people that do the dancing at, at, like venues and stuff because there's a lot of choreographer people that do a lot of different stuff there's film people um there and actually the industry is going to grow because in venues if you can do live streaming feed and a show you could technically charge a like live nation could charge a monthly fee 
and you would be access to all their shows. And so then you could go on a, on a streamer and you could actually watch their shows in the venues if you couldn't make that show or even, uh, you know, because if it's at a venue halfway across the country, you could technically do that right. with the technology because if you have the right film people and you have the right streaming technology, you can install all that stuff facing the stage and you, you have a live show. Well, and it's you like, that, you know what? That is one good thing to come out of this whole COVID thing is bands and production people are learning how to do that. And my, one of my pet peeves is I always say, I am not watching another fucking concert through a three inch by six inch screen. However, if it is a gig like in LA, you know, and I'm like, I would, I just, I have to see this show, you know, whatever it is. And you have that set up properly to where someone, and, you know, it beats paying a hundred dollars for the single ticket. Mm -hmm. You know, you pay what, 10 bucks a month or whatever to this yep. thing. And you can catch those gigs that you can't see. And so, uh, yeah, I like, I mean, that's, I like that's that. where it's all headed. Yeah. So, and then uh, I mean, and just bringing bands in there is almost like a, like a, what you described before, you know, like MySpace and stuff. Whereas MySpace, uh, it didn't have it had a great musical directory. I mean, it was amazing. That's it, what was, it was. It was for alphabetical. First, well, uh, the guy the the guy that started it um, was not Tom. Tom Tom is the face of MySpace. Uh, there was a guy before him that actually did all the software and everything he's the actual owner of the company uh and and i don't know if he still does own it and stuff or if he was pushed out but it, it's an llc so it's not it wasn't a uh, a corporate where they messed up is they didn't go corporate if they would have went corporate like facebook they might have had a chance to actually dominate the market uh, and and compete but instead what they did was they fell um short of that because they weren't they grew too fast and then they they didn't uh, they gave way too much programming power to the to the user so they they were all just like creating their pages and random links and then a lot of people were putting malicious code in their pages and creating pages that were fake and things like that so um but on their band directory which uh which is sad that it went away it had alphabetically every band that ever had a page on there and so you could go on there and you could search a state you could search the city and you could bring them all the way down there reverb does that um and so there's a few competitors that that my um, my idea has but the difference in the site is that it has a merchandiser so you you can it has a store you can upload items and say i want to sell stuff if I can get the programming to where it is, where I, you know, I'm a very value for value type of person. So, if I can get like actual companies to work with me that do merchandise, then I can incorporate that into the software, and then automatically it would be a connector where they would have this distributor to do all the all the merchandising, product things like that. If you merchandise with a company that makes CDs, then they would be able to do. Right. The CD part, you know, or music part or in there. And then digitally, well, like it has the setup to be able to sell music. So you can do it by the file or you can do it by the album. And then you can just sell entire things, sell videos. You can do all this stuff. Where it comes down to is that do you give everybody the same access, right? So if you have a DJ, right, they shouldn't have the same access to the site as a photographer, right? Because a photographer has no reason to upload audio. I mean, unless you allow them to, but that's, I mean, I don't, I don't see very many photographers that are uploading audio. You know, they're uploading a video or they're doing pictures of concerts, right? Uh, you have your choreographed people, they're mostly going to do a video because they, they want to show their skills yeah. and everything like that. Then you have to go into the software and you have to actually make sure that if you have artists they're not falling on the same list as everybody else. So you don't want 
like if you have a section for podcasting, you don't want to have a bunch of podcasts listed in the music album list. Right, right, so right. whenever somebody goes to play a bunch of music on a playlist out of nowhere, it starts playing podcasts. It's like that's going to throw off the software. So it, it's it's a matter of just programming, and and a lot of that has been a lot of work. And so I mean, it's a constant grind on it and stuff. And I don't have anybody helping me out with that so i don't i i need programmers well i mean i've had guys ask me about it and i you know i try to kind of explain how the idea of the structure is but you know as as far as it goes now it's still it it exists in hype we haven't actually uh got anything out yet but it is we're trying y'all you know so um it ain't for lack of trying it's just been a, a lot of work and and you know the only way it's going to fail outright is if we just stop, which I don't intend to do that. So uh, it's just a lot of a lot of headaches and, and a lot of things is out of your control. You just got to kind of keep pushing forward. No, and you're right. I mean, it's like the uh, like those three things that I told you that we need to like focus on is like uh, making sure that we get the recording right every time and that kind of thing. Uh, and as long as we just keep doing it, man, like you see traction yeah. after a little bit. It's always in the beginning that it seems like it's not going to work out, you know, for sure. Well, and consistency too, you know. Inconsistency. Like with, with the storm, it's like, ah, man, that just, it sucks to lose lose steam like that, you know. Because now, now today it feels like we're doing this for the first time again. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> but. No, man, I, I feel you, believe me. Well, you want to give a shout out to our Tulsa brothers? You got, Can you uh, play back here? I'll give them a little shout out to... Uh, they have a single I think he wanted me to play called PBR. Pat's Blue Ribbon? I think it's in reference to the beer. <laughs> but no, Clayton, he's a good songwriter, man. I went out to his place in the, uh, Chandler to uh, jam and, you know, kind of talk music and see what's up. At the time, they had the album out. It had just been released, and they were looking to book some gigs they played a couple of shows here locally well not locally in oklahoma it was up in uh, tulsa but um you know everything seems seemed like it was on the up and up and then now you know uh gypsy store troubadours Small Town Sounds, that's the name of the album. Tulsa, Oklahoma, coming at you live. I was talking to another guitar See, player, buddy of mine. Door Troubadours? Store. Store. Yeah, yeah. Buddy of mine, he, I'd like to have him on in the future, too. He plays for a band called Perseus. Real heavy metal band. Pretty cool. PBR, official video. Oh, yeah. Songs about my struggles, people who don't really 
listen to is gypsy store troubadours it's a pbr you can find it on youtube and they also have a uh, spotify so. and the album that it's on is called small town sounds you can get that uh amazon i'm sure through their website too um i know physical cd copies aren't really all the rage these days but i still buy them you know i like to have something tangible when i spend my money no, I like buying like hard copies of stuff too because there were like I don't know I have a lot of friends that are super dependent on streaming services like Spotify, YouTube, uh, Netflix, that kind of thing. But the moment that you don't have internet, you don't have any of those things. Like I still go out of my way to buy DVDs. Like I buy the used copies. Like I'll yeah. get a vintage stock or whatever. Or find like the the specials that they have on CDs. It's like you can get three CDs and each of them are like less than ninety nine cents. You, you just never know. Yeah, and yeah, with something like that, like that storm, you know, you're three days without internet. It uh, <laughs> gets awful quiet in the house, you know. <laughs> no, I believe me, I know. You know, it's just it makes me want to go back to see about like collecting records or something and just doing everything kind of old school. Like I still have all my old VHS tapes from like the past 25 years. We finally got rid of ours when we moved into this house. What? Yeah, finally got rid of it. Well, we don't have a VCR anymore, man. They don't make them anymore. So it's like... I know, but you can still, <laughs> still buy them. Uh, something that I'm actually thinking about doing on the site is uh, is dubbing. Like taking VHS tapes and then like downloading them into disc so that people can have them on DVDs. Because like the average VHS tape only lasts about 15 or 20 years before it starts to turn green. Yeah. And that's really dependent on like uh, room temperature, uh, exposure, that kind of thing. But um, 
yeah, it's something that I'm seriously considering uh, doing. Just because, like, you find, like, old VHS tapes of, like, old family get-togethers, like, uh -huh. Eastern. Mother did that for my family. Yeah. So. Those tapes don't last forever. So, like, any chance that you can have to, like, turn them digital or at least just put them on a disc. Yeah, I mean, that, that definitely would help uh, as far as trying to uh, capture all that stuff and, you know, save it. Because, like you said, the VHS tape, I mean, it's eventually the humidity and everything in the air is going to work right. on it, you know. Uh, well, uh, y'all want to do Spotlight on one more band out of Nashville? Uh, you guys? No. No. <laughs> I've, I've actually, I, I talked to this guy on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, he's a guitar player for him. His name's John Wisecarver. Uh, place for a band out of Nashville called Beyond Here, and they've been picking up some steam, man. And like I said, Nashville's about the only place that's happening right now, as far as wanting to see new new music. You know, songwriters that are putting out new stuff and and trying to get a, a crowd behind them. Uh, LA's shut down still. New York shut down. All the big hubs are locked down, but um, Nashville's still kicking. And uh, yeah, these guys they uh, they sent me their EP, and I listened to oh, about half of it. I, I think I got through three or four songs and got pulled away. But um, I really like this song that they put out called "Fake It Till You Miss It." It's kind of a it's got a kind of a uh, I guess you'd say a, a pop groove. It's kind of more more quick paced, but it's uh, the guitar is really really good. It's got a good feel, good groove, good push pull groove. But uh, yeah, check it out.
was Beyond Here. You can uh, find their music on Beyond or BeyondHereMusic.com. Uh, they're, uh, if you don't have, uh, Spotify or Apple Music, uh, then it's gonna block you from actually listening to full songs. So. Heads up. But if you, you want to check them out, you can definitely catch their, uh, singles on, uh, YouTube and, and all the other streaming devices and stuff. And if you want to catch them live, they're in, in Nashville playing gigs, because that's the only place that's playing gigs. So if you're feeling fr frisky, uh, head on down to some Music Row and get you some. So... Well, I think I'm about ready to wrap this up. You guys got anything you want to leave? Okay, so, um, yeah, the um, Local Earshot podcast runs on the value and value model. Uh, it's time, talent, and treasure. So we value your treasure. If you want to donate, uh, then you can go through the donation pages on localearshot.com or, or localearshotpodcast.com. And... If uh, and, you know, and if your talent, basically, like we're looking for bands to an artist to talk to, uh, we've been setting up interviews with uh, with um, artists to come in to the little like studio thing we got going on here at my friend's house, you know, and then like we're we're trying to get bands and stuff to actually do like uh, over the phone type interview type stuff through Skype and other ways of means, um, and then just your time, just you know, just listen to the podcasts and support. Yeah, and like uh, word of mouth is a very real thing. Like, please feel free to like share and you know comment if you can. Uh, you know, we're all here doing this for you guys. Roger that, man. That's that's what it's about. This is just a passion project. We we love live entertainment, and it's been an integral part of all of our lives. And it's it, in a way the heartbreak of it going away is kind of what pushed this thing to to go forward. Because, you know, it's just, I don't know, to me, to me, it was going to a concert is just about as good as it can get. You know, everybody has that thing and that's mine. So I'm your host, Brad Biggs with 13 Step Tone Solutions. If you got anything that needs looked at, repaired, or if you just want me to build you something, man, give me a holler. I'm uh, still setting up my LLC, so I haven't built a website yet or anything, but uh, you can get a hold of me on Instagram and Facebook. So... This is the Local Earshot Podcast. I guess we'll catch y'all next time. We love y'all. We'll see y'all. Bye-bye.